the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon and greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Not the Steeler edition. Not the Steeler edition. (laughs) I would like to focus on the pre-Thanksgiving edition. Okay, that's great. I was driving into the studio today, and it dawned on me, of course, that this is the Monday before Thanksgiving. And I started to think about stuffing and got super excited. Okay. (laughs) Do you love stuffing? I love love my sister's stuffing, particularly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's thick and... I know you hate the word. Oh no! Don't say moist. I, I was going to say it. I, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, you could describe it as wet, but it's not. Oh, gosh, it's work. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's not wet, but, oh. it, is, but it is moist. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to that stuffing okay. coming this way. All right. Aren't I'm, you? Aren't you looking I, forward to it? Yeah, and I'm making a new stuffing recipe this year oh. for the first time. And it won't be. It won't be what? Oh, stop. Don't even say it. We're not talking. We're not even going to describe okay, it. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, I'm excited to try it. I'm mm. not saying it's going to be great. Yeah. Because, but it's of course, new. you don't know. And I um, I made uh, turkey broth, turkey stock for the first time in a whole different way over the weekend mm. as preparation for gravy. Fabulous. And I'm very excited. So I'm I'm trying. Forging new paths Excellent. this year. You're, so now, like you're like into it, you're big time. Oh, Saturday, I devoted my whole day to it. Nice. Okay, this time I last set the week. tables up. I set the chairs up. What? I did all that. Oh, that's what? I did that all on Saturday. <laughs> Wait, so the, for the for like five days or six days, you're yes. going to have everything, in, and yes. you're walking around the tables and chairs at your house. I'm kind well, I can. I mean, navigate yeah. through. We can navigate through because here's the thing. I hate uh, when yeah, I yeah, woke yeah. up in the morning as a kid on Thanksgiving. Hmm. It was just 12 hours of my parents fighting. <laughs> I'd say no more. I know what that's like. Let's go, everybody. Come and on. I'm not doing that. No, no of course. You know, you're going to glide into it. Exactly. Good. I'm Tw- just not doing it. Avoid the Thanksgiving exactly. angst. Yes. You want to cut the turkey? Oh, yeah. Y'all cut the turkey. <laughs> yeah, sure. Speaking of, uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll talk about the average Thanksgiving dinner because the price has gone down this year. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, everything else has gone up. Yeah, so, so I, I think we'll receive that. Um, also, we're going to have some live music in the studio today. Greg and Rebecca Sparks, Pittsburgh-based recording artists, great friends of ours, mm-hmm. are going to be uh, in for two segments today to share some stuff with us, some great songs. I can't wait for that. Um, also, uh, in the four o'clock hour, Tom Soroka will be with us uh, to talk about one of the parables of Jesus. And uh, a grocery chain in New York just fired its self-checkouts. Mm-hmm. They've had enough. Enough of the robots. And in my local store, they just made, they kind of remodeled oh, slightly sure. yeah. and made more room for the self-checkouts. You have like the bullpen. 
right? Where it's like the separate area yes. where you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I kind of like it. Okay. Right. So we'll talk about that plus much more on today's Ride Home. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving to you mm-hmm. in advance. Without further ado, though, Kath, the world continues to revolve. Please, the news stories, give us the top four at four. For Monday, November 20th, 2023, John. Number one. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin arrived by train today for an unannounced visit to Ukraine's capital, Kiev. Austin said in a social media post that he was visiting to, quote, deliver an important message that the U.S. will continue standing with Ukraine to fight for their freedom against Russia's aggression, both now and in the future. Austin's visit to Kiev came shortly after Ukraine's military announced new advances into Russian-held ground in the east of the country, crossing the Dnipro River in the Kherson region and pushing into territory that has been occupied for months by Russian troops. This would be Ukraine's first significant military advance in months. Really? How about that? Wow. With the winter fast approaching, it's, I mean, I can't imagine what winter in Ukraine is like. Russia has intensified missile and drone attacks all across the front line. That's 600 miles. Kherson was the only major city ever to fall into Russian hands since the invasion of Ukraine back in February of 2022. That's from CBS News. Number two, the future of open AI. Is this the craziest story? Holy what smokes. in the world? Thrown into chaos after hundreds of employees at the artificial intelligence company threatened to quit and join ousted CEO Sam Altman, who's now at Microsoft. Late last night, OpenAI's board said it would back its ouster of Altman and named this guy Emmett Shear as the interim CEO. Meanwhile, Microsoft, who's a major investor in OpenAI, hired Altman to lead its AI research division. Then all the employees got involved. They signed a letter threatening to quit unless the current board resigns, and Altman is reappointed as CEO. Hmm. I mean, it's so crazy. But one of the people who signed the letter included a board member, Ilya Sutskevskever, Sutskever, an open AI co-founder and board director who fired Altman on Friday and now is saying that he's supporting his return. So this may be like... And this all all played out on Twitter. Over 24 hours. I mean... This may be the last revolt before AI takes over. Yeah. I mean, what is happening? Mm. Read more about it uh, it. from the Washington Post. Number three. Will Rob Manfred apologize to the state of Georgia and its citizens, asks today's Wall Street Journal. He will not. The commissioner of Major League Baseball announced that the annual All-Star Game will be held in Atlanta, of all places. What? In 2025, two years after he moved the game from the city because of that controversial election law that is still in place. Of course. Right? I mean, what's changed? That he's, I'm talking about the Election Integrity Act of 2021. Um, if you remember, he totally bought the media narrative about it, right? Mm-hmm. President canceled Biden called game. it uh, Jim Crow 2.0. Right. They canceled the All-Star Game. All of a sudden, now it's back in Atlanta. He should just come <laughs> out and say, we were wrong. We bought what the media told us about it, and we're sorry. We were stupid. But right. inst- I, I don't even. But instead, let's buy some cryptocurrency and place it on the umpire's I, backs. And and number four, Turkey's Liberty and Bell prepped for their presidential pardon at D.C.'s Willard Intercontinental Hotel this morning before heading to the White House for the annual Turkey pardon. Mm. Hailing from Wilmar, Minnesota, Liberty, weighing 42 and a half pounds, and Bell, a svelte 42.1, will escape the quote-unquote foul fate. Do you see that? Yes. See what the posted there of ending up on anyone's Thanksgiving dinner plate this year because of the presidential pardon, the annual holiday tradition at the White House. And that's your top four. 
at 4. Excellent. Okay, well, speaking of the presidential pardon, we'll take a quick break and go directly to the White House, where Greg Clarkson will join us. He is the SRN News White House correspondent. I'm sure much more detail about the fouls that were pardoned. (laughs) Stick around. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. This is Word FM, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. If it's Monday, our first guest out of the shoot is Greg Clugston, who joins us live from the White House. And we're talking the three of us together on the president's birthday. The president's birthday. Happy birthday. 81 years old today. Uh, Greg, <laughs> I think that this is probably the, the most uh, hotly anticipated birthday that's going in reverse. I mean, the president does not want to talk about this, does right. he? No, this is something the White House doesn't want to emphasize. Certainly his re-election campaign is downplaying the fact that he's 81 and that if he were to win re-election, he'd be 82 on Inauguration Day. And if were if he were to be re-elected and serve out his second term, we've talked about this before, you know, he'd be 86 years old at the end of his second term. But already, as he's just turning 81 today, um, and we've, we've mentioned this here before, um, poll after poll indicate that um, essentially Americans think that he is too old. And it's not it's not a, a Republican only belief right. that he is perhaps too old for this job. Uh, seven in 10 respondents uh, at that in the big New York Times Siena College poll that we talked about last week, that poll of battleground states. So 70 percent plus believe that he's too old. But more than half of the president's own supporters think he's too old. More than 50 percent think he's too old. So uh, it's a it's a bipartisan belief. And it's simply something, as we just mentioned, the White House and the campaign don't want to be emphasizing. I mean, seriously, God bless every 81 year old. Right. If your mom or dad are 81 or your grandma or you're 81. Right. Yeah, of course. You go, hey, I'm 81. It's something to be proud of. But should you be 81 and president of the United States? That's the hard part. Absolutely. Absolutely. you know the, uh, the the job of a president is is a demanding role. Now the White House insists Mr. Biden is physically and mentally fit, although we have seen uh, indications of some some physical frailty and and uh, mental slip ups, that kind of thing, which are to be expected. Surely. But even some prominent Democrats and supporters in recent weeks have started to openly question whether the president should be seeking a second term because of his age. And those are, again, coming from his own party and uh, from those who even like and support his uh, his current presidency, but believe that a second term is really just over the line too much. 81. Okay, so we have a presidential election a year from now. If he was going to drop out because of his age, he would have done it already, right? I mean, you would think so, Kathy, because there are um, thresholds for candidates to get on state ballots across the country. Different rules, different timelines, deadlines for different states. Uh, so the longer he would go into this process, and he's he's given no public uh, you know, indication that he's going to change his mind here. Uh, now, it wouldn't be out of the question, obviously. For there to be a you know a change and uh, you know getting people on the ballot or writing in ballots for for a Democrat, uh, but you would think that the window is if not closed already certainly getting very very close to that. Very much so. Okay, so there's Joe Biden at 81. Wait, can I ask one more question? Oh, sure. though? I'm sorry, I have to butt in, but so does the party have no uh, sway in this? Is it truly just Joe Biden's decision? He's the president. Well, when you are the when you're the president, you are essentially the titular head of your political party. 
Um, so there is, you know, there's a there's a sinking between, you know, the, the White House and and the party, in this case, the Democratic National Committee in terms of, of a plan moving forward. But there are any number of rank and file members of Congress who are Democrats and other Democratic leaders in and out of office um, who have privately and some publicly have expressed concern that they think that there are better, younger candidates for the Democratic Party moving forward. Mm -hmm. So there's Joe Biden at 81. Let's move forward and talk about the other um, runner in the polls who is 77 years old, but apparently uh, he is free to speak as he chooses. The gag order has been lifted, Greg, on uh, former President Trump. Right. And just today, uh, an appeals court uh, here in Washington was hearing a case of possibly reinstating that gag order on Trump in his landmark D.C. election interference case. So essentially you had a lawyer for Donald Trump telling the court today, this morning, that uh, that gag order should be revoked because essentially it is a uh, free speech infringement on Donald Trump. On the other side, you had prosecutors, federal prosecutors, arguing that these restrictions are necessary in this particular case to prevent witness intimidation and off and also just to protect the the confidence that people can have in the court system when you have uh in the past Donald Trump um lambasting the uh the judge uh in these cases uh, or judges in these cases as well as staff members in the courtroom um and so this is the back and forth and uh, we'll have to wait and see what this court decides but this gag order has been on off and now it's being weighed as to whether or not uh it'll stay in effect i'm not a lawyer greg but it, you know in my head i go back and forth on this issue because you know i understand that the legality of it should be treating president trump like it treats any other defendant um mm. but he has such an outsized public influence that it does i do see how he would be treated differently and should be treated differently and the fact that you know he is a candidate he is the leading Republican presidential candidate in the field right now for the 2024 presidential nomination for his party. So uh, it is a it is a very unique situation. And the judge uh, this morning, the reporting out of the courtroom uh, in Washington here said that, you know, was that there is a balance that has to be undertaken here. So it's a fine line. And uh, the judge admitted it is a very difficult balance in this context to try and strike. Uh, and so I'm not sure I'd want to be that judge making that decision right now. Right. I'm not a lawyer, Greg, but I play one on the radio. <laughs> Let's talk about Nikki Haley. I mean, uh, apparently uh, polls notwithstanding, she does appear to be uh, poised to, uh, to rise in the polls, whether or not Donald Trump uh, will choose to uh, step aside or not. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw this Iowa poll, the Des Moines uh, Register poll come out, and uh, she was in uh, second place, um, you know, neck and neck with Ron DeSantis. And sh so she had moved up while DeSantis had either stayed stagnant or slipped just a little bit, obviously still a distant second from Donald Trump in Iowa. But then we uh, in the last few days learned that in New Hampshire, Nikki Haley is in a solid uh, second place by herself at uh, at 22. I think it's either 20 or 22 percent. Now, still, that's uh, behind Donald Trump, who's at 42 percent. So that's still a sizable 20 point gap. But she has second place alone. And you had DeSantis dropping down to nine percent. Wow. Uh, and Chris Christie actually was in double digits. Of course, he's he's going all in on New Hampshire. Um, but w the reason why it's interesting for Haley uh, is because you've got a couple of different factors here. You had um, Tim Scott drop out. 
Um, and she apparently has uh, drawn a lot of interest from former Tim Scott donors as well as 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 voters. And so there's kind of a little bit of momentum behind her right now. And the other interesting fact here is how the calendar is going to play out. She's she's running second in Iowa and now running second in New Hampshire. Hmm. And then the next state to vote would be South Carolina, her oh, home state, yeah. where she once served as governor. So if she if she has strong performances in the first two um, you know voting states and then heads to South Carolina, even if she comes in second in all three, she could still be narrowing the gap with Donald Trump, which is something that a lot of people uh, in the Republican Party who are not fans of Donald Trump have wanted to see a, a narrowing of the, yeah. of the field. Uh, but she's on a potential, and again, it's potential track. And she still is in a distant second, but it's an interesting uh, trend to be watching as we get closer to the new year. Fascinating. How about an age for Nikki Haley? You have an estimate? An age? Yeah. Like how old is she? Yeah. Um, I yeah I don't know. I, she's in her she's Early in her fifties. Yeah, and I don't have the exact. Okay, so thirty. So so probably a good thirty years younger than Biden, mm-hmm. and yeah. twenty five younger than Trump. Right, somewhere in that ballpark. I mean that's. Yeah, in that neighborhood. Wow. All right. right. We're talking to Greg Cluxton, uh, SRN News White House correspondent with us. Uh, Yesterday, the... caught up in age. What'd you say? We're caught up in age. I mean, I I don't know what's going on. So we're going from an 81-year-old to a 77-year-old to a 52-year-old to someone who's passed away. (laughs) Exactly. Rosalind Carter passed away yesterday um, at the age of 96. uh, I love I, the Carters. I love, and I can't, the fact that they were married for seventy-seven years. I love that so much. I, yeah, Greg, talk yeah. about Rosalind Carter. Well, you're right. First of all, uh, you know the politics, sort of notwithstanding. Here, she's the first lady married, of course, to Jimmy Carter, a one-term president uh, in the late seventies. But you know, I think you know the fact that she is a former first lady and she was married to the president uh, almost is a secondary. Um, in some respects, when you look at a secondary aspect to her life and her legacy, um, simply because the two of them um, did so much outside of the White House in their post-presidential career in terms of Habitat for Humanity. They've created the Carter Center um, throughout her adult life. She was an advocate for uh, and a champion for mental health um, and all the rest. Um, but the fact that they were... Um, they were living in their same house, um, you know, that. for 50, 60 years. And, um, you know, they they were often seen, you know, holding hands as they w- walked down the street in their tiny town of Plains, Georgia. Uh, they just came across as as real down to earth people. And I yeah. think that was a, a real draw, obviously uh, very devoted um, uh, in their in their religious faith as mm-hmm. well. So um, they, they had a lot going for them. Certainly there are detractors when it comes to, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter's pol- uh, you know, Democratic politics and uh, his performance uh, in the White House. But when you look at their life together, that's what's really drawn people to them. I mean, I, I read today that Jimmy Carter woke up this morning and Rosin was not by his side. I mean, they started to date when they were teenagers. It's, I mean, that's just right. incredible. So, yeah, life lifelong yeah. Uh, friendship and uh, relationship. Yeah, they met apparently when Rosalind was uh, just one day old. How, how can that? 
in that small town. <laughs> right? The families knew each other. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really incredible. And I, I also read that Jimmy Carter's mother was either a nurse or assisted in some way, and I think maybe even delivered Rosalind. <laughs> Come wow. on. That's so cool. Or helped that. Yeah. I love it. That's small town USA. That's how it used to be, wow. right? right? Yeah. Greg Clarkson's with us. Greg, before you joined us, we were talking about uh, the pardoning of the turkeys. Turkeys, Liberty, and Bell. Mm-hmm. This has happened already, yeah? Yeah, it happened a, a few hours ago earlier today in the south uh, in the south lawn of the White House. And, you know, it's a pre- presidential tradition, decades and decades of, uh, of seeing this event play out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden essentially uh, giving these two birds uh, a reprieve uh, from the Thanksgiving dinner table here this week. Uh, and, and it's it's sort of a it's a fun, lighthearted event at the White House. And it's uh, it's a fun one. So the Washington Post said that Liberty and Bell, uh, the two tur- pardon turkeys, were prepped for their for what was going to happen today mm-hmm. with some hype music. Hype music. Yeah. So that they wouldn't get like their feathers ruffled, like they wouldn't get freaked out by all calming, of the... calming music. Well, they said that they're they're in fact Swifties. Both both birds. Get the heck out! That's of here. what it right. said. There I'm reading, looking here at right the Washington is. Post story. All right. Speaking of Swifties, yeah, the, the president today he tried to make a little joke uh, with a reference to Taylor Swift, but ended up saying Britney instead of Taylor. So <laughs> stop it! Stop it! That's, that's all I'll say. Nothing worse than a joke on bad. Oh, that's so <clears throat> cringy. Yep. All right, just uh, so Greg, what about your Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, tell are you us. working on uh, Thanksgiving Day? I actually am going to be working for just a few hours. It's going to be a short sh- shift on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll be home in time to uh, spend the time with uh, family and friends. We're going to invite a couple of people over who uh, we know in the area that don't have family nearby. Great. And we'll invite them to join us for a meal. Fabulous. Well, Greg, we'll think of you. John celebrating with his family. I'm mm-hmm. celebrating with a bunch of friends from our church, and I hope you have a terrific yeah. day. Happy Thanksgiving, Thank Greg. You. Thanks. Same to you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg and Salem Radio Network at wordfm.com. So when it comes to grocery shopping, there seems to be two kinds of people in this world. Those who prefer self-checkout and those who prefer interaction with the human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I prefer the self-checkout. Right. I prefer interaction with the human. Mm-hmm. Well, Booth's, B-O-O-T-H-S, it's a small grocery chain that has been selling groceries in England since 1847, has decided that its customers belong to your category, Calf, and announced this week that it will be getting rid of the self-checkouts in all but two of its 28 stores. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Booths went on to say uh, this. So you said this is a a London-based grocery chain. 1847. It has about 3,000 employees. It said in a statement that having its employees interacting with customers provides for a better experience. Mm -hmm. Quote, we have based this not only on what we feel is the right thing to do, but also have received feedback from our customers, the company said. Delighting customers with our warm northern welcome is part of our DNA. Great. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they know that. So at, uh, at the local, um, the London-based, two London-based stores, uh, booths, they will remain to be self or your regular go-through checkout. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. I mean, okay. It's fine. What, does that make you mad? No. I, does that call your choices into question? No, no. And I, I, I do. I, I do have this moment whenever <laughs> I do approach the checkout line, uh-huh. and you feel a little guilty. A little. <laughs> 
I'm glad you could admit it. I think it's healthy for you, Joe. I do, especially whenever the checkout person is idle. Why would, if the do. checkout person is idle, just, why would you ever choose to do it yourself? I just do it. I just, it's become a habit now. This is what I'm doing. Look at you. Look at me like less than. You give me a look like. Oh, my God. I just fell down a notch uh, <laughs> in, your, in your eyes. I just saw it. I just, even for ease of operation, okay. why wouldn't you just go to. I don't care. I'm just doing it. Bing, 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 bing. Okay. Pop it in there. I'm, okay. I hate self-checkout. So. Things don't come up. The, the light starts flashing. You need to wait for somebody to come. It's just too I'm stupid. Do it like I'm, when I do this, I'm doing it for myself. So I have like literally two things, maybe three things. And uh, I don't have to worry about like over here in Green you Tree. You don't have to worry about saying hi to somebody. No. Uh, the, the thing in Green Tree, I did it recently where I did go through. There was a mm-hmm. checkout person. Yeah. I didn't have a bag. So then I had a moment of bag shame. So bring a bag. I don't see that. That's not their problem. I'm like that's two a or three John things. problem. No, I'm not saying it was their problem. Mm. But I had a. Where's your bag? I don't have a bag. Okay. So I, you know, I had a little. Uh, whatever. What, so you couldn't. You couldn't take that question. No, I just didn't. You know, okay. I mean, it just. Didn't, I'm glad we've had this talk. Thank you. I think it's good. It's felt down a little good. Bit. We have options. All right, coming up next, yeah. we're going to talk about one of the parables of Jesus. Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with the grocery store, <laughs> but it might have implications. Oh, it does have something to do with a foolish person. It might. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it next on The Ride Home. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Yikes. Father Tom Soroka is with us. Tom's been a regular guest of ours over the many years. He is pastor of St. Nicholas Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Father Tom, welcome back. Hi, guys. It's so good to uh, be with you today. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. What a uh, what a great holiday uh, we have as Americans to take the time to thank God because this is uh, this is right and proper and it's it's something fundamental to us. So I'm so happy uh, that we get to share this holiday. Amen. Mm-hmm. So Tom, the uh, foolish rich man, hmm. tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. It was actually the reading. uh, We have like a lectionary in our Orthodox Church that is just a prescribed reading that we have uh, on what is called the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. And it happened to be the reading for this Sunday uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving. And it, it, it kind of reminded me of the Thanksgiving week because people are on vacation and then we get together with our families and it's very beautiful. And then Black Friday hits 
And somehow this idea of being thankful for everything turns into this frenzy of Christmas shopping. And, you know, John and Kathy, I think what this particular parable reminds me about, and it it can be a little bit deceiving because it seems like, well, Jesus is just against the stuff, right? But we know that's not true. Uh, We are... Uh, creations of God. When God created the world, he said it's good. Every time he created something, he said it's good. When he created man, he said it's very good. So we know it's not that. So I, I think what's going on here really is the idea to remember that we are, as human beings, body and soul. We are inextricably linked as our body and soul. We're not uh, a, a kind of a, a meat suit, you know, that has a soul in it and then we'll cast it off and we'll live as a soul forever without our bodies. That's not Christian, right? We we are going to be resurrected. Uh, yes, it's going to be a renewed body, a spiritual body, but we are always going to have our bodies, resurrected bodies. So it, it's interesting because the parable begins, as Kathy read, with this question that is posed to Jesus, which seems very strange to us. Why is this guy asking us? And we know it's because rabbis were kind of arbiters uh, in that day. They were community arbiters when people were having uh, issues in their marriage or their families or legal issues between uh, two Jews. They brought the rabbi in to make those decisions because the Jewish law has all kinds of prescriptions for how to deal with those things. And Jesus stops him and, you know, he uses this word. He says, man, like, dude, you know, bruh, like, why are you bothering me with this? Uh, He said, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? In other words, I'm not like these other rabbis. This is not why I'm here. I'm here to give you the word of God. And then he tells the story about this man that becomes consumed with all of the things that he has and he decides that that is really the most important thing in his life is just accumulating all of this stuff and i think it's pretty obvious uh in a day and age when we are um not only are our garages full, I joked on Sunday, I said, my car has not seen the inside of my garage in 20 years, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I said, now we have storage facilities, right? So there's a problem and we need to, we need to discuss it. We need to understand it by the word of God. Hmm. Father Tom Soroka with us, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. Um, So the bigger and bigger barns, we are literally, as you just said, doing that. I mean, the storage things, there's really, it's, it's, it's just, sometimes I laugh about how unchanged humanity is. It doesn't, you know, we think that we're so advanced or, you know, we're in the digital age, we're in the AI age, we're, you know, whatever. But our hearts are exactly the same. Our barns just look different. Yeah. And and in the parable, there's also something very notable about it that this man now, obviously, this is 2000 years ago, right? It's a parable, but in an agrarian society, they would get it. And what this man doesn't understand, first of all, is that um, as a farmer, he is 
receiving the fruit, not only of his labor, but all of the the kind of the 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 things around it, the ground, the the uh, the dirt, the sunlight, the rain. This is all coming from God. Like you have to you have to acknowledge that there is this unseen reality that's allowing you to grow these crops. And he completely misses it. And he says, I he uses the word I and me like eight times. I have all of these crops and I am going to build bigger barns and I am going to store all of my goods and I am going to say to my soul, interesting use of the term, eat, drink and be merry. Hmm. And, you know, we have to remind ourselves that we are not just living in a material world and God obviously knows the um, the weaknesses of human nature. And St. Paul even says in uh, Ephesians 5, he says um, that covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. That's Ephesians 5.3. And the reason why it's idolatry is because any time that we take our eye off of this immutable, unseen, uncreated God, uh, who, of course, comes in the flesh in Jesus, right? We see him, we touch him. But when we take our eyes off of that unseen reality and put our eyes solely on the material aspect of our life and think that somehow in them, all of our happiness is going to come. Uh, I And I'm not joking. On my way to church on that Sunday, I had stopped to get uh, gas in my car and there was an, an Amazon truck. And I'm not dissing Amazon. Uh, you know, it's they, they provide a wonderful service. But it said on the side of the truck, it said, warning. It was a trying to be clever. Warning. Contents inside may cause happiness. Hmm. And... I think that, you know, we bought this lie that this stuff is going to cause happiness. And what what God and, and Jesus and St. Paul is saying is like, no, if you if you make this stuff so important, it is actually idolatry, wanting more things, wanting more stuff, wanting my neighbor's stuff. Right. This is idolatry. And uh, it's it's really very dangerous. And if I could just share one thing, guys, um, there is a wonderful video by uh, a man by the name of Jonathan Pajot, P-A-G-E-A-U. And he spoke at a conference that was led by Jordan Peterson called the ARC, A-R-C Conference, Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. And it just happened a couple of weeks ago. And I have somebody sent it to me and I happen to be listening to it. And all of these world leaders are there, right? And it's supposed to be kind of a, a conservative slash kind of Christian perspective uh, against the WEF, okay, against the World Economic Forum, mm -hmm. basically trying to bring people back into focus where you are not just thinking about stuff. And what he says to them is really stunning, and I would encourage everybody to go listen to it. He basically says this. He says, the problem is all of these people in the room, in this room, he said, 
if you realize there are people here that believe in God. And what happens is we forget, we think about poverty and we think about, well, how can we make our economy better and homelessness and so forth? All of these things are very good, but unless you acknowledge the supreme good, the good, capital G good, that is God, the rest of it will really turn into idols. So unless we get our priorities straight and we understand what is really, really important, we'll never understand the material things unless we are, as Jesus says at the end of the parable, rich toward God. That's so good. Hmm. The grass withers, the flowers fade. Yep. Tom, always a great pleasure. Thank you for this, to set the stage for this Thanksgiving week, to remind us that we are here for just a brief moment. And uh, acquisitions of material things should be uh, far, far in the rearview mirror, as opposed to the uh, brief amount of time we spend here as mortal coils. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be a downer. And, and if you just give me 30 more seconds, yep. please. I just There was one more thing that I wanted to point out, and that's uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, the first letter in chapter six, because he says this uh, so clearly. He says, godliness with contentment is a great gain, mm. for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. And we have to take that seriously. It doesn't mean you can't be rich. It doesn't mean you can't have things. It means you need to get your priorities straight and not seek for those things. Seek God and his kingdom first. Fabulous. Well, glad you added that, Tom. Tom Soroka, he is the pastor at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Friend, always a great pleasure. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for everything you do, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to you as well. this is an odd news story. The Lehigh Valley School District that tried to ban an after-school Satan Club from meeting on its property this year has agreed to pay $200,000 to the organization to cover their attorney fees. The school also will give the club the same access to school facilities as, quote, comparable groups. In the settlement finalized Friday between the Secon, S-A-U-C-O-N Valley School District, that's near Philadelphia, and the Satanic Temple, the district also agreed to not retaliate or discriminate against club members members, families, or volunteers on the basis of their viewpoint or for the exercise of their First Amendment rights. Um, $200,000. Uh, so here's what this, the Satanic Temple, they uh, tried to start their um, after-school Satan Club in public school districts that have allowed Christian-based religious programs to use their facilities. They tried to start a club in the Sakon Valley because a good news club, which is Christian, had been permitted by the district. Satanic Temple members say that they went to give families, so they want to give families a choice, but otherwise they do not support religion in public schools. A Satanic Temple officials say that more than 700,000 members of their group 
do not worship Satan, and they don't attempt. <laughs> the, the, it's a devil. Yep, and they don't attempt to convert children to in their clubs to Satanism. But they want to do an after-school program at a school. Satanic Temple members said <laughs> Satan is a symbol of the eternal rebel. They oppose tyranny and support individualism, empathy. And compassion. Well, then why don't they have the tyranny after school Bible study? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're supported by the ACLU, who uh, has been. Uh, Here, here's the here's this. the problem. I don't know how you fight that. I don't think you. I don't think you, don't. you can't. So well, that's their whole point, right? You're going to bring a Christian group in. Yeah, we're going to oppose it on right. religious grounds, and we've named this thing the Satanic Group to raise awareness and publicity. Because or you hear you, that and you right. go, "That's crazy." That's from the Trib. Well. The Good News Club at this school no longer meets there. Oh, see. That so they, they just, you know, that's what they're doing. They just want to eradicate it. Right. So they, so they want the U.S. to become France, which is there's no, absolutely no religion in any public spaces. Right. Good luck with that. I mean, I get it. I get, you know, legally how it happened. But I think the best thing to do is to just let an organi- organization like that die on the vine. If nobody comes, then they're not going to keep meeting. I mean, seriously, in that school district, how many how many members of the Good News Club are going to meet? Twenty, maybe thirty, fifty. It's the, but it's the point. They I hate know religion. it is. I know they hate it, it. Right? They absolutely hate it. So, so if you wake up in the morning thinking, "Yeah, this is me. Yeah, this is my best foot forward." Yep, I I'm going to get rid of that religious group. Right. This is the group that I'm going to really. Yeah, <laughs> but if if nobody would have said anything about it, would anyone have gone to the after school Satan Club? That's the question. I don't know the answer to that. But I bet it wouldn't have been very many. And I can't imagine if people are just doing it to make a point. Nobody's going to keep having that club. No adult is going to keep having that club. For the most part, it would die in the vine. Nobody would ever know about it. To have a club, you'd have to have a sponsor, and someone who would be the sponsor would show up to run the club, right? Right. Unless it was all student-directed. But, but yeah, but... There, it isn't student-directed because it's run by the Satanic Temple. Right. Sponsored by the ACLU. <laughs> exactly. So, if but you said it's obvious what they're doing. They're just trying to make a point because they hate religion. Right. Well, if that's all it is, then nobody is going to keep showing up for the after-school thing. I, I wish it would have never made it into the media. I wish they would have never. I wish they would have said, okay, great. You want to do an after-school Satan club? Knock it out. But and then nobody would come. And to have it'll... 700, if that's true, if the Satanic Club nationwide has 700,000 members, right, that's a lot of people giving X it's amount not, of dollars. It's not, a lot, it's not a lot of people for how many people live in this country. No, of course not. It's very, very small amount. But that, and those, those are dollars people would add up, so they have a just war chest. trying to, you know. Poke their thumb yeah. in the eye of organized exactly. religion. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. I don't know. So, happy Thanksgiving. Whenever they they gather around the Thanksgiving table, no one's praying, right? No. Unless they're praying to Satan, which is... What do they say? They're not a Satan club? They don't don't think Satan's a real person or something? They just want to... They say that... um, Let me... They say... uh, Sorry, let me go. Satanic officials say that uh, more than 700,000 members do not worship Satan, and they don't attempt to convert children in their clubs to Satanism. Satanic Temple members (laughs) said Satan is a symbol of the eternal rebel. The eternal rebel. They oppose tyranny and support individualism, empathy, and compassion. Okay, so the after-school Satan Club opposes tyranny. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? We're rebels. Isn't it interesting how people look at things? But they like empathy and compassion. Because Satan is always associated with both. 
We'll take a break. Our 5 o'clock hour straight ahead. Stay with us. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Monday Thanksgiving week edition of The Ride Home. Here is something to be thankful for. Turkeys are gobbling up much less of the Thanksgiving budget this year. So the cost of hosting your family and friends is 4.5% less than it was a year ago. Invite somebody extra. 4.5%. That's some real savings, isn't it? This is according to the American Farm Bureau Federation survey. Okay. So the American Farm Bureau Federation, they send out shoppers the week before Thanksgiving, and they compare those items, which I'll run down a few, uh, what they were last year as opposed to what they are this year. Okay. And this is where the numbers come from. All right, I'm ready. So, um... The Farm Bureau paid a uh, $27.35 for a 16-pound turkey this year, which is $1.71 a pound, or 5.6% less than last year. How about that? That's Great. the biggest savings, is your turkey. Okay. A, uh, f- a, a bag of stuffing, cube stuffing mix, is down 2.8%. Frozen pie crusts are down 4.9%. Already bought mine. A half pint of whipping cream is down 22%. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, frozen peas are down 1.1%. What else is the big plum? Cranberries. Here? Cranberries. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, cranberries. A, a bag of cranberries is down 18.3%. See? Look at that. How about that? Uh, the veggie tray. You ever do a veggie tray? A, a, a four-pound veggie tray, uh, carrots and celery, uh, down 2.3%. Sweet potatoes is up 0.3%. And uh, pumpkin pie mix is up 3.7%. Remember the COVID year when... Uh, Pumpkin was in short supply? Oh, yeah, right. But it was in short supply, I believe, if my memory's correct, in October. And then by the time Thanksgiving came around, it was available again. But there were all of these, you know, the whole, like it's going to be the, the the toilet paper crisis that was at the beginning of COVID right. is now going to show itself in pumpkin pie mix. The inability of us to find pumpkin pie. Have you made your pumpkin pies? Yes. Have you already? Yes. Ready. And, I've, <laughs> and I, uh, over the weekend, Pretty much consumed an entire one myself. <laughs> As well you should. Because pumpkin pie mm, is great. Delicious. It is nutritious. Mm-hmm. It's easy to make. It is, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's delicious. Could you have a pumpkin pie for dinner and not feel bad about it? Well, you might feel bad about it. Well, I mean, you know, it's not like you're eating... Well, here's the thing, though. Pie. You have to put a lot of sugar. Cool Whip on it. There's not that much sugar in it, really. Yeah. But you have to put a lot of Cool Whip on it if you're me. And so that does add to the caloric. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, you know, pastry is pretty caloric. Right. But it is so delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, I've, I've been looking forward to pumpkin pie. I brought this up the other day because we were in Costco, and I said to my wife, hey, how about one of those Costco pumpkin pies? She gave me like a dirty Oh, yeah, I would too, if you asked me that. Jeez. Because pumpkin pie is so easy. 
Right. There's just no reason to buy one. But have you seen the ones at Costco? They're, They're the huge, size of hubcaps. Right? Oh, right. They're massive. They yeah. are massive. So, I mean, you know, for any guy walking by there, you go, hey, look at that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you could make a pumpkin pie, John. Oh, with, it's easy. It, it actually is. Yeah, okay. You just have to do it. Right. I wish I could make a cherry pie. Well, that's harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a really Pumpkin nice... pie is probably the easiest pie to make. Sure. Because yeah. it just comes out of a can, right? Well, you should... I mean... You, it's healthier if you get just pie. You just get pumpkin in a can, and then you add your own egg and sugar I and see. all your spices and everything. If you buy the pumpkin pie mix, there's a lot of like long, Sodium, long words. But you can just buy pumpkin in a can. Right. One year I tried the pumpkin pie from scratch. Yeah. Like, Pardon me. Scratch like with a, with a dough, dough from scratch? No, oh. with an actual pumpkin. Oh, oh, oh. How was that? Totally not worth it. Really? It was very much a pain in the neck. What's the difference? I mean, isn't just... Or in, <coughs> Sorry, I'm having a hard time. It, I like mean, me. it's it's fresh pumpkin, Yeah. so it's a different color. Did you puree it? Mm-hmm. You broke it down. So you it was, was it, it liquidy? Yep. Mm-hmm. You had to cook it. You have to cook it down, oh, really? yeah. And Boil puree it. Down. it. Um, puree it down. Yeah. And it's... So it's light in color. It's not the dark color that you're which used to with the pumpkin pie, which is fine. I why don't is really that? Care why about... is the dark color? Is it dark um, color food po- food coloring? I've no, I know. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's being not in light. Maybe it's being canned. Oh, it could be. Anyway, it's it's a total pain, and I found that it was not even remotely worth it. So I did it one time, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But not didn't taste nearly as good. It was fine. But with all, you'd think that it should be, you know, for how much effort it was, it right. should be 25 times charts. better. Holy smokes. Forget. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, again, now here, I just, I need it to go back. It also tastes this. different, I will I'm, say. It doesn't taste like a pumpkin pie. What's like it taste that like? we're used to. Okay. Traditional. Taste. Taste more, t- mine tasted more like a, kind of like a squash pie. Which would make sense because essentially it it's from squash, that family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, so this is it. The, the Cool Whip that you were going for uh, is verboten. I would say that you would use the traditional whipped cream, which is superior in every way. Uh, only Cool Whip. That's, and Cool Whip is terrible for you. I acknowledge the fact that it's a I terrible mean, it's, nutritional choice. It's not like you're eating it like 365. No, but right? it's so much better on uh, pumpkin pie so. than whipped cream. I think you're wrong. That okay. is like... That's, you know, we, we do divide on some things. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. When's the last time you tried whipped cream? Uh, see, maybe it's time. I was at Starbucks, and they put it on my pumpkin well, latte, I think, by accident. And that was pretty darn good, wasn't it? I took it off. <laughs> no, I took it off and just really? put it in the garbage. See, uh, what, what, I get enough calories from the places that I'm intending to get them from, like the cookies and right. the, you know, whatever. I don't want to get it by accident in my okay. drink. All right. I mean, if I was going on a sugar bender, I'd buy a can of whipped cream and just sit there and no, squirt you it in my wouldn't. mouth all day like, long. You mean like Ready Whip? <laughs> yep. <laughs> just fill your mouth up. <laughs> That's the best. That's base behavior. Who cares? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Time for some music. Greg and Rebecca Sparks. Greg and Rebecca Sparks are with us for decades. They have been here in Pittsburgh and across western Pennsylvania. Musicians, 
Worship leaders. Recording artists. Bon vivants. <laughs> bohemians. <laughs> chefs. I, I was a chef. Okay, I'll throw the chef in there as well then. What the heck, you guys? Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. We are always, always excited when you come to join us. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. We love being we here. We love coming here. Our well, pleasure. We, we should come like every week. You really should. <laughs> but you should bring the uh, microphone closer to your mouth oh, so that we can hear you. Come on, you guys. You're pros, right? I mean, for goodness sake. Check, check, one, two. You guys ever been on a microphone before? No. Ever seen them? Okay. So for people listening who think, well, who who are these crazy people? Um, Who are you? Well, that's the most unimportant question. (laughs) 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 Who am I? Don't tell us, show us. Greg and I I have been married for 38, yeah, almost 39 years. Wow. And um, so, I mean, the things that define us, you know, we love Jesus and... That has shaped everything, mm-hmm. like following Jesus and, um, I mean, how we met each other, uh, having our children, how we raise the kids, um, how we love people, how we, you know, how we interact. Everything just is formed from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're weirdos, too, though. Well, like, total. Thank goodness. Total weirdos. The world needs more <laughs> of those weirdos, just, right? I yeah. couldn't be more happy about yes. it. And, and, wait, and the Sparks House as well, right? Yeah. That's our nonprofit that is named after all the things that were happening in our actual house Uh (laughs) of like making music, worshiping, discipling, creating, inspiring people. And so it's a art and gospel nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so what do you look for at the nonprofit? Who, who gets involved with Sparks house? It ends up being a lot of people who are kind of uh, on the fringe and they aren't, the uh, the typical uh, church attender, or there are some people who aren't even like sure about faith in Jesus. Period. Um, but there's something that is attractive to them mm-hmm. about living the way that we have lived. Come on mm-hmm. and join us. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so yeah. we have a Bible study every Thursday night. We do things really small. I like the pattern, the model that Jesus gave, um, which was really not sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he did things on the small, and he spent time with those people, and fed them, and ate together, and they spent a lot of it seems like a lot of really rich time together. Yep, and they learned from Jesus, um, and and I I think there were things that he learned from them. I mean, if if I could say that theologically of that, you know, God knowing everything, but just how, you know, the way he sculpted his words and his stories, mm-hmm. it was based around who they were and, and how they lived their lives. And he spoke to them that way. And so that's what we do. Like, yeah, with, with that ministry. Um, and then once a month we do a big, some kind of event, um, like that our, gathers. Or making an event of yeah. some kind, or learning, together. Uh, yeah. or just how to just how to take who you are and be creative with yeah. thought and 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 you know how do how do we all work in the world that we work in and find creativity and and uh, mm-hmm. or what are the outlets of creativity that yeah. we we find? Well, there's so much about the way that we live um, that is because of technology and it offers really wonderful things. But one of the really negative things is that bit by bit by bit it chips away at our humanity and. Um, 
and it, I think that breaks us mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. It it really gets inside our minds that we aren't important. We aren't. Um, so we have to manufacture these things that make people feel special. You know, like mm-hmm. fake awards and fake causes and fake activism. And um, where Jesus from the beginning was like, you are significant. You are significant. In I fact, I, I love you so much. I'll offer myself up in your place. And uh, and so that's, you know, it sounds really simple because I think it is really simple that the gospel of Jesus changes everything in a human life and gives us a reason Um mm-hmm. To, to to really live and to live life that is worth it. Um, but I, I love you guys because, you, you know, you, you just come into the studio, you, you not only say it, but for decades you have lived this, right? And the world would look at you and go, well, you are bohemians in some way. You are countercultural mm-hmm. before that was even a thing, but you're authentic in your faith and you know and love Jesus and you invite those who want to come along on the journey, however short or long they want to come along with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Well, we're grateful for it. I, I am, I'm really glad that, um, I got to be Rebecca Ed Sparks. Mm. It's not yeah. over. You didn't. No, but I mean, <laughs> it's like, thank you for playing well, the part. Well, honey, <laughs> that's the other reason we're here. Is <laughs> this an intervention? Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Greg. That's Greg and Rebecca Sparks. Yeah. Uh, now you got a show coming up, though, yeah. right? Yes. A Christmas so, show. Oh, we're musicians yeah. by trade. That's our main yeah. artistry. Yeah. And we love making music. And every Christmas, we do some Christmas concerts. And there's one in Pittsburgh that we're grateful about and we'd love to see people come to it I yeah mean, yeah it's the friday before advent so it is pushing so the christmas season any of the lutherans and anglicans and episcopals and catholics out there we're really sorry about this <laughs> yeah. because we are starting christmas songs Look before out so that's a, that's a week from friday yeah yes yeah yeah December December 1st. 1st. December 1st. Yeah. First day of December. Friday, December 1st, uh, 7 o'clock at um, Mount Lebanon EPC. Yeah. EPC. Where is that? It's in Mount Lebanon. In Mount Lebanon. Lebanon. On Washington? Is it on Washington? It's on Washington and Scott Road. Yeah, right at the corner. I know the church. Okay, so listen, because you're here, and oddly, you're holding a guitar. Because it's my comfort. (laughs) (laughs) He carries it everywhere. (laughs) Don't take it away. (laughs) Sing something for us. Play something for us, you guys. Right. Invite Christmas into the studio. Yeah. Do you want to do this one first? No, do the other one first. What one first? Everyone needs to say Oh, okay. You want to do that? Yeah. This is... We really planned it out, right? <laughs> okay, that. Why did you come to earth? Struggling to. What did you see? A comparable prize of the heaven you're in, sweet little baby boy. Dear Mary's pride and joy, and all you can do is cry. 
someone bigger for help You cry out, cry out Cause everyone needs a savior Just look how we treated you The hell that we all put you through What kind of love is this? You suffered the worst in our place For every ruined man You promised a perfect plan And all we should do Someone bigger for hell Just cry out, cry out Cause everyone needs a savior Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus There's plenty of room I'm looking for you, sweet Jesus So please come soon I cry out, I cry out I call on someone bigger for help Just cry out, cry out Cause everyone needs a savior Is beautiful. It's so gorgeous, you guys. That's fabulous. I love that song. The Sparks, Greg and Rebecca Sparks. They're in concert December 1st at Mount Lebanon EPC, 7 o'clock. You can easily find them on Facebook, Greg and Rebecca Sparks on Facebook. Guys, I, I, we've known you for such a long time and heard you over the many years. I, I wonder, do you ever go back and listen to yourself Two decades ago, three decades ago. Yeah. I mean, you've got this this beautiful so sound. Our house all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Stop by. <laughs> Fabulous. Sometimes I get the bash in the coat outfits no, out, and I no no. Um, yeah, there are. I mean, some things are easier to listen to, and there actually there are times um, that we hear something, and like I'll go. That was a really solid song, yeah. and it's like I, yeah. you know, you you forget yeah. what it is that you know you've written and done. So you know. affirmation, uh, because it's hard to accept yourself, right? I mean, you're oh, always yeah. your own worst critic. Yeah, yeah. Food of Your Soul was released in '93. Is that right? Yeah. Over thirty so, years ago. That, that's thirty wow. years old. You know, yeah. such a great and album. It's classic. It just has a classic sound. It does. It. it does yes. have a classic sound. It's not. You listen to a lot of things from that era like that. that seem mm-hmm. like. Wow! Like I know exactly when that was recorded. Yeah, yeah. and that album's not like that. No. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we I love, love that it. wood, yeah. Very nice. We're going to step away for just a minute, but the Sparks are going to stay with us. Stick around. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're talking with Greg and Rebecca Sparks back in a few minutes. back with Greg and Rebecca Sparks. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Um, you guys, right before we went to air, uh, you started talking smack or something, Greg. Well, I do have, <laughs> I, I want you guys to know, I am a, I listen. Okay. I oh, love you. Your Thank you. I listen, I listen to it. It's very kind. I do. And because a lot of times I'm driving home from some job that I've been doing. You're on your ride home? And I put, I'm you on the ride home ride with home. you. Now, this might have been like a month ago. I don't know. I'm sure you'll remember. But uh, you guys were talking about something. And I, and I thought, I should call in because I really have an opinion about this. Yeah. And John, what you were saying was <laughs> it was about the issue of can men wear fringe? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you were saying no. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, this well. that's not true. Right. Clint Eastwood, he wore fringe. Uh, yeah, of okay. course. He, okay. he wore fringe. He yeah. wore fringe. In 1960. It's beyond time. It's just beyond time. Here's my fringe meter, okay? okay? Okay. You're allowed to wear fringe if you ride a horse okay. and carry a gun. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, really? So, so, okay, so those if are two If you don't ride a horse or, or carry a gun. gun. Well, we, let's rule out carrying a gun. Yeah, I don't, that, think, that I don't think the gun, but, no. But if you're not good I'm, with horses. I'm getting all kinds of images now right. in my head. Don't wear fringe. Fringes don't belong. Okay. But if you have a horse and you ride a horse, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll fringe okay. is the way to go. You, thank oh. you for the correction. Okay. That is a good bone to pick preferably, with me. Preferably fringe from a leather coat that's mm-hmm. like the same color leather. Not like any kind of fancy thing like the coat's white and the fringe is black or something like that. No, and it should be it should be a well-worn coat. Exactly. Yeah. Like somebody beat you up sometimes. Yeah, someplace. it can't be new. This is French catechet. Yeah, right? it, it is. Right. It is. Uh, you know what I'm so amazed about is he just like bowed to. The, he just took he, that. He didn't from even you. like. It's bro world. It's they're bros. If I I Thank believe so. that I was fighting in favor of fringe in that conversation, and he wouldn't. Well, he he'd brings give up me a good point though, because when you go to a rodeo. Exactly. It is all fringe. It is. So who am I to go? <laughs> no fringe here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. You go out and you ride that bull. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Well, what a, but you're saying like around the city of Pittsburgh, though, no fringe? I mean, I don't want to put a hard and, you know, tough line There's here. not a lot of cowboys in Pittsburgh. No, there isn't. Okay. Oh, I see, mean, now, now you're going to get phone women, calls. Women in fringe is fine. Oh, 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 John. Oh, John. Wait. <laughs> what? So he, he tried to warn me. <laughs> you, you just <laughs> that's that's your that's your call. <laughs> Greg and Rebecca Sparks are with us. They are the Sparks. They're in concert Friday, December first. Not wearing fringe. Mount Lebanon EPC. Yeah. It's in Washington Road in Mount Lebanon. Guys, uh, we love when you come in here. Bone to pick it all. Yeah, that's and right. I'll follow my fringe. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Give us another song. All right. All right. I don't think let's let's see that little one. Okay. Yeah. I'll try. We I literally just wrote this yesterday. Hey, oh, I like it. Exciting. So Greg hardly knows this. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know how to do it. I gotta do it with the pick. Okay. the wonderful 
going on here. Thanks, you guys. Greg and Rebecca Sparks, we ask you to join them Friday, December 1st, Mount Lebanon EPC. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you said this is brand night. new yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Hot yeah. off the press. Fabulous. I actually had to, because um, the chorus came to me um, late at night. Greg was already asleep. I didn't want to go down to the piano, so I just like went down to the kitchen and, and sang, sang it into, into your into phone. phone. <laughs> yeah. And then our son came down and goes, are you okay? Because I'm in the dark. Like, just, like, yeah. I'm working just, here. Just, yeah, yeah. This right. is the office right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. Thank happy you. Thanksgiving, happy uh, Thanksgiving to you both. You. What a blessing you we guys are. We love you guys. Thank you. And thankful for you. We appreciate you. We pray for you. I mean, you. yeah, it's a real gift to have you in the studio. It's okay, before you leave, though, uh, anything odd on your Thanksgiving table? That sets Anything what? Odd. 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 On your Thanksgiving. Yeah, something Anything? that... Are you going traditional? Yeah, we're pretty... We're are you? Pretty, yeah. We're smoking well, we're smoking. We're smoking, smoking the turkey. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Smoking. smoker. We bought that for bought him for, for his birthday. Excellent. Really? It's First awesome. time out. Uh, no, we've been I, smoking we, we smoked things. A bit. Smoked it's salmon. A oh. It's a smoked smoker, brisket. Okay, so it's a Traeger? No, like it's this Sam's Club. Okay. Can we say that? Is that okay? Yeah. No, that's okay. It's a smoker. And how long will it take? 
five, six hours. Five or six yeah. hours. Nice. Okay, so that's super so, exciting. Oh, oh and we did a we did a test run with the Bible study Friendsgiving yeah, group, Thanksgiving. and it was, it was delicious. delicious. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Yeah, sparks okay, sparks are smoking on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's right. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Great. Friday, December first. Yes. Yep. Mount Lebanon EPC. Yeah. Come and worship with Greg and Rebecca Sparks. Yeah. Thanks for coming with us. It's uh, The Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Listen, uh, this is uh, from uh, the weekend's New York Times. Uh, this is interesting, and I wonder if this is you or people in your circle. Uh, the article says that there are more Americans who said that they have serious cognitive problems with remembering, concentrating, or making decisions that at any time in the last 15 years, according to data from the Census Bureau. The increase started with a pandemic, the number of working-age adults reporting, quote, serious difficulty, end quote, thinking, has climbed by an estimated one million people. About as many adults, ages 18 to 64, now report severe cognitive issues as report trouble walking or taking the stairs for the first time since the Bureau started asking the question each month in the early 2000s. And the sharp increase captures the effects of long COVID for a small mm-hmm. but significant portion of younger adults, researchers say. Younger adults are driving this push of can't think, can't remember this cognitive fog. Do you know anybody? Wow, I do. Really? Yeah, younger. I know. Oh, yeah. I know, a, I know a bunch of people. I mean, I, I could probably name off the top of my head. More than ten people Get out. who have who have said something like this. Long COVID or no. just well, two fog. of them had yeah. long COVID, but more of them. It's it's kind of like the COVID fog that set in never lifted. Mm-hmm. So, with the people that I've talked to, it's a com- and again, this is not a representative sample. This is just my tiny sample. Sure, sure. But it's a combination of I still work from home. And it, they like it because they don't have to commute, but they realize it's not good for them. No. They have said over and over again, yeah, I really like working from home, but it's not good for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear that a lot. Yeah, I hear that a lot. The, the second thing is that um, people are uh, talking a lot about shortened attention spans because of scrolling online. So they're not able to sit down and read a book or they're not able to sit down and even watch a TV show. You and I have talked about that in the air a ton, right? Is that, you know, this is the job that we do. And uh, so we have to do a lot of scrolling. We have to do a lot of information gathering. And it's you get your brain gets used to that super fast pace. And it's hard to sit down and attend to something. Um, So that's the other thing I've heard. And the other thing is that people aren't getting any exercise. Hmm. Because they work from home, hmm. right? And okay, well, I might I might get ten minutes on a treadmill or forty minutes on a treadmill or whatever it is. But it's not the same as being up and out of your house and going to work and then going to the grocery store. It's just a different type of. And I think all those things probably attribute to mental acuity. A thin layer. What do you think? Well, I mean, look, I know this. When you and I worked from home, which we did for about a year, year and a half, in almost. the midst of COVID. Uh, it was great at first, but then after a while, it made me crazy. I wanted to get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like being yet, on. And yet, 
when it was time for us to come back? We did not want to come back. Okay, so isn't that weird? Because you get used to what you get used to. It's comfortable, isn't it? But I'm telling you, I think the more you're out in public, here we are back in studio, there are people all around us. There's a hubbub here. Yeah, right. So there's an exchange. And there's something to be said about whatever that, whatever you want to call the energy of just human with human. That's the glue. That's the I think thing so that too. drives us. And I think that makes your mind, I don't know how to define it, more supple, more engaged, more willing to mm-hmm. dive deeper. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think you're so, not, too. When, I think when you're home, it's easy. And, and socially, you get lazy and things become closed off. And so uh, you could see how that fog, however you want to describe the fog, however, it, it just could overtake you in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while, while at the same time, sorry to interrupt, yeah. we still didn't want to come back to work. Let me we just say not. it again. <laughs> no, we didn't. But once, but I'm we, glad I'm once back. we were back for Times a week, 10. we were like, oh, oh my this gosh, crazy. this is so much better. At the start of 2020, this survey the census put out, the Census Bureau, said there were fewer than 15 million Americans ages 18 to 24 with any kind of disability. Okay? okay. 2020, 15 million. Fewer than 15 fewer million. Fewer than 15 million. Okay. That rose to about 16.5 by September of 2023. Really? Mm-hmm. Two-thirds of the increase was made up of people who had newly reported limitations on their thinking. There were also increases in census estimates on the number of adults with a vision disability or serious difficulty doing basic errands. Okay, and that's all COVID. That's yep. all I'm staying in my house. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the rise in cognitive issues, according to the article in the Today's Times, aligns with a common symptom that plagues many COVID long haulers. Something heard, you've heard this phrase, brain fog. Right. What is brain fog? I, I don't know. <sighs> I, I kind of didn't notice having brain fog when we were do, when we were working from home but i sure noticed a difference when we you got out of there right i agree i think i recognize it in my own self and I, for me and i think it's probably true you go is this an age thing mm-hmm. is it a right. covid thing is it a brain fog thing is it laziness is right. it some cognitive decline what all those things together well what about lexi let's uh, lex oh, lex you got some brain fog going on there I always have brain fog going on. Come on. on. Always? Well, not always, but... You're sharp. um, Well, so when I read this on our clock, it kind of reminded me of something that... um, Not to just uh, talk about myself, but like to talk about um, something I learned in therapy of that. um, If you are going through something for so long, if you go through a traumatic experience, your brain tries to block it out. Um, And several Mm -hmm. people have described... Um, the pandemic, uh, the lockdowns, everything is like very traumatic experiences. So I think part of what we're seeing happen um, is that our brains are all collectively trying to push it out and like trying to um, protect ourselves to see like, oh, it wasn't as traumatic as it actually probably was. Um, And so so that mass PTSD kind of in a weird way. Um, And uh, th- in therapy, I also learned that um, this happens a lot. Like if you have childhood trauma, um, 
you you will have like you guys talk about your childhoods all the time and um for me as someone that has just gone through a lot in my childhood uh, i don't remember a lot of my childhood really yeah and so when you guys talk about things i'm like how do they remember that i my wife would say that too yeah i, mean, I remember childhood like it's yesterday yeah me too <laughs> for better or that's worse. a good thing that's I a good thing so. and your wife doesn't either no she doesn't she'll go i don't remember how do you remember all that stuff and it's yeah. just there for me. It's just available. Yeah. yeah. I, that is not the case for me at, at, in the slightest. And so I think it might be something like that um, mm-hmm. to, um, to just kind of like, you know, bring it back to like the whole COVID talk is, is that I think that that's probably what that is, is that our brains um, went through a long traumatic experiences. And so our brains are trying to um, protect themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's a good insight, Lexi. Thank you yeah. for that. Right. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, Lex. I really do. I feel like, you know, all of those things mix together, and you multiply that by the 330 million who live in the country, right. not to mention our friends and relatives around the world. Uh, it's It really is a complicated thing to sort out. But I'm convinced the cure for this is pumpkin pie. <laughs> Listen, it has beta carotene in it and a lot of vitamin mm-hmm. A. And Fine. I feel like if that can't fix what ails me, yeah. then what can't? perhaps I'm beyond fixing. Dark meat, white meat. Thank you for asking. I've always been white meat until the last couple years. Please, it's dark meat only. And then I'm kind of getting interested in the dark meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Day after, hot turkey sandwich? Nope. What? Cold? Shh. Yes. Colder is better. No because way. Because turkey is better cold. Wait, no, wait. The I, bread... With the mashed potatoes on top of nope. the bread, then the turkey on top of that, I then hot gravy. I think it's a fine option. Ugh, I think the it's only a option. fine option. However, mm. I'd like my gravy on top of the hot mashed potatoes and, you know, mix it with the corn or whatever. But I want my sandwich cold. Really? And I want the mayo on that. I like that. The lettuce oh. and the cranberry sauce. Okay. Load her up. Dang. We got a good week ahead for us. Mm. Huh? Pass that Can't love along. Wait. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Libraries provide more to their communities than books. And lately, in Eugene, Oregon, public library patrons have been checking out things like cake pans, board games, even a sewing machine. Now, you can check out a cat from the library. (laughs) But here's the thing. Okay. I was going to say, this is some kind of cat. It's not a real cat. It's a robot cat. Oh, come on. But the cat is fluffy. And it purrs. Kate Berry is an adult service supervisor with a Eugene Public Library. She said, we have three robot cats that circulate. We have one in each branch. They all look the same, but they do have particular names to them. If you're curious, they are Bandit, Mr. Pickles, and Purvisal. The cats are black and white with green eyes, and anyone can take one home. They're typically for folks who maybe are suffering memory loss, or maybe are just living alone and kind of lonely. But really, anyone can check them out. Two weeks at a time. They're very calming, apparently, according to librarians. So are real animals. Mm-hmm. But they probably don't. They don't stink. They don't make a mess. There's no must. You That's probably turn off a little button. they're not real. Yeah, but for some people, having a pet is you probably... What if you can't have a pet? You live in a place where they go, no pets in this apartment building. Right? So how is it better to have a fake pet? I don't think I'd know until I would experience it. Okay. Right? It seems stupid. 
No, I don't think it does. It seems kind of insulting. No. I mean, look, a lot of kids like their stuffed animals. They give them comfort. So why can't an adult have that same kind of thing? It gives you some sort of because, comfort. Because... Uh, you don't want anything... Okay, but okay, a stuffed animal seems to... Okay, am I wrong about this? A stuffed animal seems like... I understand that more than I do the robot cat well, or the robot dog. It doesn't walk around. It just makes noises is what I think. I wonder what a robot cat costs. Well, they got three of them in a public library. They're probably like pretty basic animatronics. Right. hundred bucks, something like that for a robot cat. Mr. Pickles, the robot cat, he's not going to stink up the place. He's not going to claw you. He's not going to attack you while you're sleeping. Right, I know, but the, but all of the in that those are inconveniences of living things. <laughs> that's what you that's Wait. that's what makes the relationship is that it's give and take. It's inconvenient. Cats don't it give; offers, they take. It offers. It demands an animal demands sacrifice. Demanding. That's it. Very, that just, that just describes me, a cat. I get. There's it. really not a whole lot of give and take with a cat. You know that's to be true. <laughs> oh no, there's a lot of give and take right? with my cats. Really? Yeah. And I'm, they demand, I'm, and I'm giving a of lot. Of course. It's 3 a.m., and they demand that you're up. <laughs> yes. If you have a robot cat, you just go, click. But don't you feel like that's tragically sad? Well, I, I wouldn't personally want one, but I understand why people who who could not have a cat otherwise for any number of reasons would gravitate towards this. But isn't there something Brave New Worldish about that? Is that we're all consoling well, ourselves with mechanical animals? This is the age we when live in. When Animal Friends is packed with animals that actually need uh, yeah, a home? I get that. I know. I d- don't I mean, wanna... we're, we're continually using yeah. the digital world as a pacifier. I'm using the self checkout and going to get a robot cat. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you joined us on today's ride home. Um, Thanksgiving coming up mm. on Thursday. Uh, we're going to be off celebrating with our families. Yes. Uh, we're going to be running a best of that day and also the day after. And uh, we're excited about it tonight. Yeah, I'm going home to uh, make some pies. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll be here tomorrow and Wednesday. So hope that you join us as well. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk is the ride home. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.